verse, Luke 21, 11, 21, 11 says, there'll be, there'll, Jesus said, there will be great earthquakes in various places. He said that, didn't he? In Luke 21, 11, he said, there will be great earthquakes in various places. Of course, there was a great earthquake in Japan, as you know, but that's not the only place where there's been a great earthquake. They've been happening just all the time. And, and it's just hard to go a week anymore and not turn on the television and, and see where there hasn't been a great earthquake somewhere in the, in the earth. And, uh, of course, the one in Japan and our prayers go out to those people you know. And it's good that the United States will respond and help. That's good. Um, but, you know, as Jesus taught here in Luke, the 21st chapter... It was in the context of the end times, you know, of the end times. And uh, it's one, these great earthquakes are just one of the uh, signs of the end times. Now, we've said much about end time signs around here. And uh, I don't think there's any question that we're living in those days. Uh, what's known in the Bible is the beginning of sorrows. Right before the rapture of the church. I've said much about that. So I'll not talk about that today. Uh, We've said much about end time events. The judgment seat of Christ. The release of the Antichrist. The tribulation period. Second coming of Jesus. Battle of Armageddon. We've we've talked about all those things. But today I just feel impressed to talk about heaven. Heaven. How many is excited about heaven? You know a lot of times we can be so heavenly minded. That we're no earthly good. But then right along on the other side of the coin, you can get so caught up here with the affairs of the earth that you can forget about heaven, which is the place that we're going when the rapture of the church takes place. And heaven's a real place. And we're going to talk about that today. Recently, I was sent an email. Uh, Carol, Carol Groom actually sent it to me, and it just blessed me. It was a story of a young boy named Colton Burpo. Has anybody ever heard? His story, a young boy who tells of his near-death experience and how he went to heaven. And the details he gave of heaven were in line with the Bible. You know, I've, I've heard some near-death experiences over the years and they didn't line up with the Bible. His lined up with the Bible. And it stirred me. Has, has anybody ever been stirred beside me? Huh? You just, I just sat there and just, just almost cried as I watched it. And thought of the reality of heaven. Heaven's a real place. Christians are going to go there one day. Whether it be in the rapture. As the Lord catches the church up. Or when we live our lives out here on the earth. And die and go there. It's, it's a good place. It's a wonderful place. So let's talk about heaven today. Let's see what the Bible has to say about it. Let's go to 2 Corinthians the 12th chapter. And the 2nd verse. 2 Corinthians the 12th chapter. And the second verse, Paul, the apostle, says, I know a man in Christ. And just about every Bible scholar agrees that he's talking about himself here. Who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows such a one was caught up, notice, caught up to the third heaven. Now, you need to realize that heaven is up. Heaven is up. And when the Bible talks about heaven, it talks about people being caught up. And then when the Bible talks about hell, it it talks about hell from beneath or going down into the pit. 
See, when a person, a sinner dies, they're not saved, they're a sinner, they're not a Christian, their spirit leaves their body, their body, their, their body goes in the grave, but their spirit goes down into hell. But a Christian, when we die, uh, we go up. That's a better deal than going down. Such a one was caught up, up, you see, to the third heaven. Now, it's interesting. He says, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. Uh, you need to realize that when your spirit leaves your body, uh, I think we have this Casper the friendly ghost mentality of, of, of when we leave our body and of spiritual things. Spiritual things are real. And, and your spirit comes out of your body, it's going to be hard to tell whether you're in the body or out of the body. Your spirit fits inside your body just like a hand would fit inside a glove. And when your spirit leaves your body, it's going to be real hard to tell that, that you've even left your body. Do you understand that? Has anybody ever given much thought to that besides me? You're, when you die, your spirit will leave your body. And I believe it will be hard to tell whether you're in the body or out of the body. That's how real spiritual things are. Actually, spiritual things are more real than natural things. Because the natural realm was birthed out of the spiritual realm, you see. Anyway, Paul couldn't tell. He, he was caught up to the third heaven. He couldn't tell whether he was in his body when he went or out of his body. He said, I don't know. God knows. And he says to the third heaven. Well, you need to realize that he's not talking about levels of heaven, you know, like some of the cults teach. He's talking about, see, the first heaven is the, is the atmosphere around the earth. The second heaven is where the planets and the stars are. And the third heaven is on up above that where God's throne resides. Isaiah refers to it as the farthest sides of the north. Farthest in that you can't get any farther north than God's throne, you see. His throne is on the farther sides of the north. Actually, astronomers say that there is a vast area in the northernmost part of the sky, in the nebula of the constellation Orion, an area 90,000 times bigger than the Earth's diameter, which is the most beautiful part of space into which their telescopes cannot probe. That's where God's throne is. That's where heaven is. And God's not going to let any man spy on him. And he said, I was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows uh, how he was caught up. See, caught up into paradise. Now notice, he heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for man to utter. Actually, the Amplified Bible says he, he heard things beyond the power of man to put into words. Heaven, there, there's things there that we just, we don't have human speech to describe. That's how beautiful it is. And he heard, he heard things inexpressible, inexpressible words, which, which it's beyond the power of man to express, not lawful for man to utter. You know, the Bible says, I has not seen nor has it entered into the hearts of man the good things that God's prepared for those who love him, you see. And so Paul actually went to heaven. And, and that's why I believe he can write. He says to be absent from the body is to what? Be present with the Lord. He said, I, he said I'm, I'm in a straight betwixt two having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is what? 
Far, far, come on, do you know your Bible? Which is what? Far, what? Far what? Far better. Heaven's far better. How could Paul say that? Because he went there. He knows. Amen. Don't ever feel sorry for a Christian when they die. You might feel sorry for the loved ones left behind here on the earth, but a Christian who, 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 who dies goes into that far better place, you see, where Paul, Paul said he, he, he heard inexpressible words which is not lawful for man to utter. Now then in Isaiah, the sixth chapter in the first verse, Isaiah, the prophet, saw into heaven. Notice what he says. Isaiah 6 verse 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, on a throne, notice that, on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, notice, these are an angelic being, angelic beings, stood seraphim, each one had six wings, think about that. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke, actually the glory of God. But think about that. That's going to be awesome to see those seraphim, don't you think? Each one had six wings. Two he covered his face, two he covered his feet, with two he flew. Now Ezekiel the first chapter and the first verse. Ezekiel the first chapter and the first verse. Now it came to pass in the thirteenth year and the fourth month on the fifth day of the month. I tell you what, you got to see into heaven, you'd remember that too, wouldn't you? And I was among the captives by the river Chebar that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. Verse 4. Then I looked and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of the where? Out of the where? Out of the where? Where's God's throne? North. A great cloud with raging fire engulfing itself and brightness was all around it and radiating out of its midst like the color of amber out of the midst of the fire. Also from within it came the likeness of four living creatures. And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Each one had four faces and each one had four wings. Their legs were straight and the soles of their feet were like the soles of calves' feet. They sparkled like the color of burnished bronze. The hands of a man were under their wings and on uh, their four sides, and each of the four, uh, each of the four had faces and wings. Their wings touched one another. The creatures did not turn when they went, but each one went straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, each had the face of a notice of a what of a man. Each of the four had the face of a lion. On the right side, each of the four had the face of a what ox on the left side and each of the four had the face of a what an eagle remember that uh, thus were their faces their wings stretched upward two wings of each one touched one another and two covered their bodies and each one went straight forward they went wherever the spirit wanted to go well i i'm with them i want to go wherever the holy ghost wants to go and they did not turn when they went 
As for, their li- as for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, like the appearance of torches going back and forth among the living creatures. The fire was bright, and out of the fire went lightning, and the living creatures ran back and forth in appearance like a flash of lightning. Now, dear friends, we're going to get to see that one of these days. I don't know about you, but that, 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 that pull, turns, that, I get excited, Amen. Wow. Now, John, you see, we talked about Isaiah seeing heaven, Ezekiel. Paul went there. Now go to Revelation, the fourth chapter, and let's notice John goes to heaven. John goes to heaven. How many of you are really looking forward to going to heaven? Oh, my. It's a lot better than here. Revelation 4, verse 1. After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying what? Come where? Come come up or down? Come up here. See, heaven's up. And I'll show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne set in heaven. And one sat upon the throne. Now somebody said, did John physically go in his body or did his spirit Go like, I think it's like Paul said, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knows. Let's don't argue over things like that. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's just enjoy the fact that heaven's real. Amen. Verse three. And he who, and, and he who, and he who sat there was like a jasper. Now he's talking about God now. He who sat there on that throne was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne. Now, you haven't seen a rainbow till you've seen this one. How many of you have ever been over to a rich guy's house? I mean, really rich. I mean, rich. Well, he's a pea picker compared to God. Amen. Amen? You need to see how God lives and how he, how, I mean, this, I mean, he's got, he's got a rainbow around his throne in appearance like an emerald. And I believe it's a lot prettier than Emerald City where the wizard lives. How about, huh? You think God cannot do the Wizard of Oz? Oh, I think so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that throne with that rainbow around it is, is awesome. We won't turn there for the sake of time, but Daniel, the prophet, got to see into heaven. He talked about the Ancient of Days. Does anybody know who the Ancient of Days is? That's God. says he was seated. His garment was white as snow. See, God wears a garment. Somebody said, I wonder what God looks like. He looks like a man. How do you know that? Because we were made in his likeness and in his image. And his garment was white as snow, Daniel said. And the hair of his head was white like pure wool. Now, some might say God's got white hair. Some say that that's the glory of God. In either case, I think it's going to be real neat to look at. And the hair of his head was white like pure wool. His throne, Daniel said, you can find this in Daniel 7. His throne was a fiery flame. Its wheels a burning fire. Did you know that God has a mobile, I'm not going to say mobile phone. He's got a mobile throne. Did you know his throne is mobile? You can read this in Daniel 7, 9. Some of you are looking at me like you don't believe me. Look at Daniel 7, 9. They'll put it on the screen. Look at the last part there. His throne was a what? A fiery flame. Its wheels a what? 
See, God's got wheels on his throne. Actually, I believe it's part of his chariot. And God moves at the speed of light. I mean, his throne has wheels of fire. It's like a fiery flame. The Bible says that God is a fire from the loins up and a fire from the loins down. What does that mean? He, he's a person just like you or me. You understand in image, although he's not human, he's very God. And uh, that, that fire that we observe is real loud, say his glory. That's the glory of God. How many of you know when God shows up, uh, the devil gets nervous? How many of you know when God shows up, cancer gets nervous? How many of you know when God shows up, depression gets nervous? How many of you know when God shows up, all that is evil and of pestilence and sickness and disease gets nervous? You know, God can turn His presence up in a place where everybody, when He shows up, everybody hits the deck. And there's no faking going on, people half wobbling, you know, is the catcher going to catch him? Is the preacher going to push him down? No, 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 all that's fake and foolishness. I'm telling you, when God shows up and he turns up the glory, everybody's hitting the deck. Even the old sinners will fall and even the old backslidden Christians will fall. Did you hear me? Even the old dried sourpuss Christians that have been saved longer than I've been alive, they'll hit the deck. Did you hear me? Can you say amen? Amen. We serve this God who has a throne that is a fiery flame and its wheels a burning fire that moves at the speed of light. Glory to God. Amen. Oh, I'll tell you when God shows up, religion gets nervous and religiosity gets nervous. Did you hear me? I'm talking about that nasty kind of religion, you know. I'm not talking about the pure religion that the Bible talks about. I'm talking about the nasty kind. Did you hear? I'm talking about the pharisaical type when God shows up. His throne was a fiery flame. Its wheels a burning fire. He sits upon that throne. It's set in heaven, glory to God. And he, he, the Bible says in Revelation 4, 3, He who sat on the throne was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance as an emerald. Uh, Beautiful. I know I read that before, but I wanted to read it again. We're going there one of these days. Glory to God. Verse 4, around the throne were 24 thrones. And on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded, now watch this, from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, oh my goodness, and voices. wonder what those voices were saying. Well, some of it's not permitted for man to, to utter, is that right? Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. That doesn't mean there's seven Holy Spirits. There's only one Holy Spirit, but he has a sevenfold ministry. Glory to God. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. How many of you would like to see that? Oh, my. Whew. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. 
What amazes me is when you look at Isaiah. How many of you believe Isaiah is reputable? Yeah. And, and, and Ezekiel, you think he's reputable? And John, do you think John's reputable? And they see these creatures and all, they, they're, they're describing the same things. That means a lot to me. Did you get what I just said? Notice this. Four living creatures full of eyes in front and in the back. That's going to be cool to see that. The first living creature was like a a lion. Have we seen that before? The second living creature like a calf. The third living creature had the face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a what? Flying eagle. Did Did any of those other guys see anything that looked like that? I tell you what, you get, I tell you what, these young kids, they get a glimpse of, 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 of the throne of God in heaven and, and, and the cool stuff that's there. They're going to put their cell phone down. Did you hear what I just said? I said they're, they're going to put their, why? Because that's going to outdo the cell phone. Did you hear me? You know, preachers have preached about God to the point that, that, then they've told lies on God to the point young people soft times don't want to serve him anymore because they think he's an old fuddy-duddy. Let me tell you what, God's not an old fuddy-duddy. Heaven's not an old fuddy-duddy place. Heaven is an exciting place. Think of the most exciting place you could go on earth and I tell you what, ramp it up about 10 zillion times and then you've just about barely got to thinking about what God's got. Amen? Did you hear me? Glory to God. Eight. Verse 8, the four living creatures, each having how many wings? How about that? Six wings were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest night or day. Think about that, 24 hours all the time. Saying, holy, holy, holy. I believe one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. Glory to God. Look at verse, look at verse 9 here says, wherever the living creatures, whenever, whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. Glory to God. I mean, just... Revelation 5 verse 1, let's go on. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, glory to God uh, has prevailed to open the scroll and to, look, and to loose the seven seals. And I looked and behold in the midst of the throne and, uh, and in the midst of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain. Glory to that's Jesus. Amen. And there's something else that's real interesting about this is that we'll get to see different sides of Jesus. See, right here, John is seeing Jesus in his humility as the lamb slain. But how many of you know, just back in chapter 1 
of Revelation, John saw him on the Isle of Patmos and he didn't see him as the lamb slain. He saw him as the risen, resurrected Lord and Savior. How, do you remember, how many remembers that? And remember he heard the voice of many waters standing behind and he turned to look. How many remembers that? And he fell at his feet as dead. Because of the glory and the power of God. See, there on the aisle, he saw him in his glory. But now here he sees him in his humility. See, we're going to get to see the various sides of Jesus. We'll get to see him as the Lamb of God. We'll also get to see him as the resurrected Lord and Savior. King of kings and Lord of lords. That's going to be cool, isn't it? And notice this, having seven horns and seven eyes. That's symbolic there. The seven horns has to do with he, he has complete uh, uh, authority. The seven eyes has to do with he has complete knowledge and wisdom, which are the seven spirits of God. Remember the full work of the Holy Ghost is sevenfold sent out into all the earth. Remember the Holy Ghost isn't in heaven right now. He's on the earth. Is that right? I mean, we can be technical with that and argue that he's everywhere, but you understand he's been sent into the earth. He came into the earth on the day of Pentecost. You understand that? Where where, where tongues of fire sat down on each one. How many of you remember that? Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp. A harp. Well, there's harps up there. And golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Let me tell you, every prayer that you pray in faith with a good and a right heart, in line with the word of God, is, is I, 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 as I've studied the Bible, God keeps that. He keeps it. And it, and, and it, looks, like, it looks like incense, which comes up before him and is a sweet smelling savor in his nostrils. Did you hear me? We're talking about heaven now. Look at verse 9. And they sang a new song. Are, they, are we going to be singing in heaven? You are worthy to take the scroll and open seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, and have made us kings and priests our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands of thousands sang with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And glory to God and every creature which was in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such that are is in the sea and all that are in them. I heard saying blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and, the, and to the lamb forever and ever. Then the four uh, living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. My God, Woo, glory to God. Now, if you can't get excited about that, then you just ought to stay here on the earth. Or you ought to check hell out and see how that looks. Did you hear me? How many is excited about going to heaven? Now, hold your place in Revelation. We'll come back there. But John, the 14th chapter in the first verse, let's go there. Now, we'll have to watch it because you see you start talking about heaven. You get over in that glory and you lose track of time. So... If I, if I go on past about 2 o'clock, stop me, okay? <laughs> but there is a truth in what I just said. 
You get over in that, you don't want to come back. Just like when people get in hell, they want out. You get over in that glory of heaven, you don't want to come. You don't want out of that. Is that right? Then Peter, James, and John get a little taste of that action up on the mountain, and they just want to stay there, didn't they? Huh? John 14, 1, Jesus said, Let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many or many or many what? If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Glory to God. How many of you know we've got mansions waiting for us up there? Mansions. 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 My goodness. And I think our mansions are going to be built according to our taste. What it is we like. Because God cares about everything we care about. And there's mansions in heaven. I remember I was looking at homes several years ago and I went to some real expensive ones by a high dollar builder. We just wanted to see what, what they did. And we were walking through there and I, I was looking at, at, at some of the, 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 the marble and the granite and, and just all the beauty of it. And, I, and, and I, I said to the builder, he was a Christian man, and I, I said, woo, woo, Boy, I hope my mansion in heaven looks, looks like this. And he looked at me and he says, he said, Pastor Terry, don't you think God can build better than me? <laughs> I just hope my mansion is, is next to my wife. I want to live next to her. Praise God, and I don't believe they have weeds in heaven. So I won't have to do any weeding. I won't have to put any mulch down. Glory to God. Won't that be wonderful? Now, we understand from what Jesus said that we're like the angels. There's no marrying or giving in marriage, and I understand that. But I do hope we'll get to live side one another. I don't know why we wouldn't, you know. Are we going to be eating and drinking in heaven? The Bible says we will. Are there animals there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what else is going to be there? We're going to be walking along. And all of a sudden, there's going to be an eruption of praise. And you know what's going to have happened? Somebody on earth just repented and gave their heart to Jesus. Huh? Didn't Jesus say that there would be joy in the presence of the angel over one sinner who repents? I believe we'll be joyous too. See, over in heaven, they're aware of spiritual things. Not natural things. They could care less about a new car in heaven. They could care less about a new suit. They could care less about a Rolex watch. Did you hear me? Those are natural things. They're concerned about spiritual things. They're concerned about when people get saved. When people get baptized in the Holy Ghost. When people get healed. When people rededicate their hearts to God. See, that's what heaven is excited about. Heaven could care less whether you got a raise or not. That's a natural thing. What heaven's excited about is when you, when you, when you repented or when you de- rededicated or when you stepped up or amped up your service to God just a little bit, you see. See, what, what does heaven get excited about? Heaven gets excited when somebody volunteers to work in the children's church. Amen. Did you hear me? 
That blesses me. We've got 100% participation from the youth that attend here regularly serving over there. Boy, I wish we could get even half that among the adults. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Boy, you adults, don't let's don't let the kids show us up. What do you say? You think I'm kidding. I think heaven gets excited when somebody reaches out to a young child. One thing, I'll throw this in here right now. One thing I'm not looking forward to in heaven. I'm just going to say this. You may get mad at me and leave. You won't be the first and won't be the last. But there's some Christians that I've met here on the earth that I'm not looking forward to living with them. Mean, nasty backbiting, double-tongued, two-faced. I'm not looking forward to spending eternity with them. I said I'm not. I said I'm not. I said I'm not looking forward to it. But I want to say this. You see, a lot of times, and this isn't in my notes, but I'm saying this by the Spirit of God, so you get mad at, at somebody, get mad at him. But I'm not looking forward to spending eternity with some of those crab apples. Huh? Huh? I said I'm not looking forward to it. But I want to tell you this. And I'm, I, I just, I, I, now that he wanted me to say that, now I'm saying this. Okay? If you think that you're going to be able to go into heaven. See, what gets us into heaven? The blood of Jesus. Not by works we've done. But if, so, so understand that. But if you think you're going to be able to go into heaven and act carnal like you do here on the earth, you've got another thing coming. Did you hear me? You okay with that? If you think you're going to be able to go into heaven and, and continue to operate in, in backbiting and, and two-faced stuff, you've got another thing coming because God is not going to put up with that. And I believe, he's, I personally believe, I'm not saying this now by the Spirit of God, I'm just saying this personally, I believe He's going to shut your mouth until you have the opportunity to learn how to live by faith and to speak According to faith. Did you hear what I just said? If you think you're going to be able to go in there into heaven and backbite and talk bad and meh, 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 and meh, 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 and I do not believe God is going to tolerate that. And He's going to shut that up until He can get it through to you how to talk in line with His Word. Now I'm convinced of that. One minister said years ago that he believes that they have schools in heaven where people are taught that didn't get it down here on the earth. There are people are taught how to live in line with the word of God. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but it seems real good to me. And I believe we're either going to learn how to live in the presence of God down here. And if we don't learn it down here, we're going to have to learn how to do it up there. Did you hear what I just said? And I'll give you this, and I can give you this based on the authority of the Word of God. If you think that, or I think, or any of us think, that we're going to be able to go into heaven and just go right up to that throne of God and just act any just old way we want to, I tell you what, we've got another thing coming. If they did that in the Old Testament... 
when God's presence was in that Ark of the Covenant, if you didn't handle that Ark just properly, you fell dead. And if we think that we're going to just slop hop up around God and we're just going to go up and slop up around Him and just be, you know, and just act, just come in slopping in. and just If we think we're going to do that, we've got another thing coming. We're, there's prescribed ways that you act in the presence of God. Let me tell you, if you went to the White House and walked up to the President, there's certain ways that you have to act. If you went to England and you walked up to the Queen, before you ever go into the Queen, they tell you what you can and cannot do. I tell you what, there's a greater one we're going to approach one day that outranks the Queen and the President. His name is God. And when we approach Him, we need to know how to, how to act. Did you hear me? And so we need to learn it here. I've actually had people get mad at me and leave because I've stood here as a man of God and tried to teach them from the Word of God how to act in the presence of God. But they'd have no part of it. They'd just rather slop, hop, and bop, and slop, and go around and live loose and lackadaisical. I tell you what, that's not going to be allowed in heaven. Are you all right with me? Are you okay? So let's learn to walk in love now. Let's learn to live by faith now. Let's learn to to operate according to the principles of the Word of God. This is the handbook of heaven, bless God. Let's learn how to live by that book now so that when we get there, we'll know how to operate. Can anybody say amen? Heaven's going to be a lot different than what we think it is. It's an atmosphere of faith. And we need to learn how to believe God now. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, I I didn't have a lot of that in my notes, but that just came out and I believe that's right. Amen? Revelation 21, go there. And we'll begin to close. Praise God. Some of them crab apples we talked about a while ago, maybe they get in heaven and get a little dose of the glory of God. God works on them a little bit. Maybe have some of the angels work on them a little bit. Maybe some of them will get get happy. What do you think? Amen. Amen. Well, if there's any place to go to get happy, it'd be heaven. I tell you what, you get around the presence of God. How many of you ever watched Scrooge? Did any of you ever watch Scrooge with Albert Finney, the guy that thanked you very much, the musical, remember? And old Scrooge was just an old crab apple. How many of you remember that? And, and then that ghost of Christmas present came down and gave him the, the milk of human kindness. How many, of, how many of you remember that? And he drank the milk of human kindness and old Scrooge got a little bit happy. Is that right? Well, some of these old Scrooge Christians, I believe when they get into heaven, glory to God, they'll get around the glory of God and the presence of God, praise God. And I believe that some of the milk of human kindness and the power of God will get off on them and sweeten them up just a little bit. Can you say amen? I don't know why I'm on this. Maybe it's for somebody that's going to be listening on the internet. I don't know. But quit your, quit your gossiping and your backbiting and your tail, tail bearing. Quit that now because it's not going to be permitted in heaven. God will not tolerate that. You might get away with it here on the earth for so long. You'll have to answer for it eventually if you don't repent. But you need to change now so you'll be comfortable then and know how to operate. Can you say amen? Amen. Revelation 21 verse 4. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death, sorrow, crying. There'll be no more pain for the former things have passed away. How many of you think that's a good deal? 
Verse 10, Revelation 21.10. And he carried me away in the spirit. This is John. To a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of where? Descending out of? heaven from God. So that holy city, that, 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 that city's there now. Eventually, there'll be a new heaven, a new, a new, new heaven meaning a new atmosphere, a new earth renovated by fire, and that's going to come down, and God's going to come to live on the earth, you see, and all of that. But notice, this city is in heaven, and we, when we go to heaven, I believe we're going to be able to see this. Look at verse 11, having the glory of God. Having the glory of God. You know, just those, what, five words we could preach for six months, having the glory of God. We could preach six months and not exhausted. How many of you'd like to have the glory of God? Having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates. And, the, and names written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. Now the wall of the city had twelve foundations. Think about that. That's some city. This building just has one foundation, and it's made out of cement. But this has twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Now people want to argue who the twelfth one is. Well, we know it can't be Judas. I don't believe he's on there. Huh? I believe it's Paul, but you know, we don't need to argue about that. Is that right? Some want to say it's Malchus. Might be. I, not Malchus. Uh, Matthias. Matthias. You know, we got better... Matthias, we got better things to do than argue about that, don't we? Verse 15, And he, and he talked with me... Uh, and, and, and he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates and its wall. The city is laid out of a square. Its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. Its length, breadth, height are equal. Then he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of man that is an angel. That's some city. The construction of its wall was jasper and the city was pure gold like clear glass. Think about that. We need to stop and think about some of this stuff. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper. Now remember, we're sitting on cement here. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third calendoni. Don't have a clue what that is, but I know it's got to be good. Emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardis, the seventh crystallite, the eighth barrel, the ninth topaz, the tenth. <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce that, but I'm sure it's, it's pretty. Whoo, glory to God. What is that? Trisophate phrase? Well, whatever. What, whatever. Don't write me a letter. Don't correct me publicly. The eleventh, Jacknith, Jasonith, whatever. And the twelfth, and the twelfth. Almost said the 12th atheist, but we know that can't be right. So the 12th was amtheist or whatever. I, huh? Does that, whatever. Does anybody know? Are all those cool? Are all those wonderful? There's none of them cheap, is there? How many that'd curl, that'd, that'd, that'd curl the hair on any pawnbroker in town? Is that right? Huh? It's got to be a good place, doesn't it? And that's just a foundation. My God. Glory to God. Thank you, Edna. 
Look at verse 21. The 12 gates were 12 pearls. Think about that. That's a big oyster, isn't it? 12 gates. I see people think there's a pearly gate. There's 12 gates, bless God. There's not just one gate. There's 12 gates and 12 pearls. Is that right? Did I read that right? Each individual gate was one pearl. Yeah, and the street of the city was pure what? Pure gold like transparent glass. My God. But I saw no temple in it for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun nor the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved Notice, of those who are saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Of those who are saved. This young boy, Colton Burpo, I believe is his name. He went, he went to, to heaven. And he was a young boy and he came back and they showed him a picture of his grandpa when he was older. And then they showed him a picture of his grandpa when he was younger, probably in his 30s and 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 this young boy said yeah that was i believe it was his grandpa he said yeah that's that's grandpa but he didn't look like the old old he he looked like the young i believe we're all going to look like we're around around 30 to 33 years old that's what i believe and then what really got my attention was when this young boy came back he said he said to his parents he said yeah i talked to my sister and they were astonished. Astonished. And what they hadn't told this young boy is that some years prior that his mother had lost that little girl in a miscarriage. And that little girl was in heaven, but they didn't tell this little Colton about it. He didn't know that he had a sister that was lost in a miscarriage. But yet he saw her in heaven. He saw her in heaven. My God. Oh, every baby that's ever been miscarried is with the Lord. Every baby that's ever been aborted is with the Lord. And the Lord has them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I personally believe that if someone dies as a child, Certainly under the age of accountability. I personally believe, I, you can argue with me all day about this, it's my personal belief that they go to heaven and have a chance to grow up there. Oh my. Our loved ones are there. Oh, that's one of the main reasons I want to go. Because I have loved ones in heaven. And I'm looking forward to seeing again. Oh, it's a wonderful place. I can't wait to get there. We're going to know people there that we knew upon the earth. And we're going to know people there that we didn't know upon the earth, but went there years before we ever lived upon the earth. People who had placed their faith in Jesus. We're going to know them. We're going to know who they are. I don't believe we're even going to need to be introduced. We're going to know them. And oh, it's going to be a wonderful place because it's a place where people are not trying to get ahead of one another. 
And they're not concerned about fame. And they're not concerned about fortune. But they're concerned about helping one another. It's a place where everyone is a servant. And everybody wants to help somebody else. Oh, it's a wonderful place. And I'm looking forward to going. Oh, and you know, you you think some of these big, mighty preachers that you see on television are going to be in high places in heaven. Oh, they'll probably be in heaven, all right, if they're saved. But I think a lot of them aren't going to be in the high places. I think, you know who's going to be in the high places of heaven is the little Sunday school teacher that you've never heard about who is just content to teach five or ten kids on a Sunday morning for all of her life. And she did it faithfully as unto the Lord. And I believe that that somebody like that is going to have a position of high and great authority in heaven. Oh, I'm looking forward to going. How about you? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There'll be no night there. There's no shadows there. With God, there's no shadow of turning. There's no shadows there. It's not a place of shadows, but it's a place of absolute light. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter in anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Isn't it good to know no devil, demons, temptations, accusations, trials, sin, or curse in heaven? Revelation 22, verse 1, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. I'm looking forward to seeing that. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life. Looking forward to that. Which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations and there shall be no more curse. No more curse. Healing of the nations, that's talking about, I believe, in at least more than likely that nations during the millennium, but... I won't get into that right now. There shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. They shall see His face. If that's all, oh my God. That, I saved the best for last right here. They shall see His what? And His name shall be on their foreheads, and there'll be no night there. Stand with me if you would. Presence of a holy God.